0: Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to the Bhakti Talk podcast, where we discuss the spiritual path through the wisdom, ways, practices, and teachings of our beloved Guru, spiritual teacher, Swami Pramadaya. We are your hosts, Swami Sky and Ananda Dev. The Bhakti Talk Podcast is presented to you by the International Centers of Divine Awakening. You can watch episodes on YouTube or listen on any of the major podcasting sites. And you can also give us a follow on all social media platforms at Bhakti Talk Podcast. New episodes come out twice a month. So be sure to subscribe to be notified. Today's episode, our second Episode. If you haven't listened to it before, we have the first one. You can still listen to it. But in today's episode, we will discuss who is Swami Pramadaya and what is bhakti. So let's start Swami Sky with who is Swami Pramadaya?
1: Well, I am a disciple of Swami Pramadaya. So Swami Pramadaya is my beloved guru. Uh, And my beloved guru as well. Yeah, we are, in fact, guru brothers, guru bhai. So in that sense, we are part of the same spiritual community, same spiritual family, also known as a sangha. And I don't know how people uh, travel the spiritual path without fellow travelers. We all need one of Swami Pramidaya's beautiful teachings is that we all need massive help and we all need massive help. Every day. So Sangha is your spiritual community, is your spiritual family, is your reflection, your support. So beloved brother, I'm so pleased and and privileged and grateful to have this Bhakti Talk podcast with you and for any disciple talking about their spiritual path and talking about their beloved teacher, their beloved guru is their favorite thing to talk about. So that, that is, is <laughs> our,
0: our joy and our selfish reason to do Bhakti Talk podcast. And also without Swami Prabadaya, no Bhakti Talk podcast.
1: That's absolutely true. We are presented by the International Centers of Divine Awakening, which was founded by Swamiji in 2004. And I just want to remind people who might be listening for the first time or the second time, Swamiji, Guruji, Gurudev, my guru, it all means the same thing. We're referring to Swami Pramadaya. And if you follow the traditions, you know, all is one, we're really referring to any guru and all gurus are one guru. Uh, but Ananda Dev and I in particular are referring to our beloved Swami Pramadaya. So who is Swami Premadaya? Well, Swami Pramidaya is my guru, and (laughs) we could stop there and say, end of episode. (laughs) But that wouldn't give people uh, nearly enough, and it would would rob us of the opportunity of actually uh, expressing uh, our joys and the privilege of being a disciple of a spiritual teacher. So maybe I'll start with you. Uh, who is Swami Pramadaya, Nanda Dev? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: it's maybe good to for people who don't know Sp- Swami Pramadaya to go a bit back in time. Uh, Swami pramadaya uh, started as a therapist um on the website you can find uh, a lot of info of the uh, history of swami Pramadaya and how he actually got here and actually uh, swami sky you uh were uh one of the people who attended the very very first event Swami Premadaya did as a spiritual teacher when he just had gotten, I think it was six months before he had gotten um, the command um, to make himself available to people spiritually. He didn't really know what it meant, but he took it seriously and he said, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. Um, We set all the wheels in motion. And being a businessman and having a lot of experience in business, he knew he needed at least six months to uh, take out, put out ads, um, make sure uh, that everything was in place, uh, an actual space, a title, um, a
1: website, a website. Photo- Photographs yeah. like just so happens to be the photograph just behind you there was the yeah. first photograph that was used uh, by the taken and used by uh, Swami Pradai, um for the first ever uh, uh, ma- magazine ad. I actually have that ad, I'll have to show it to you. I cut it out and I kept it. I so October 2nd, 2004 was the first event. That Swami up, Swami Prada put on uh, as a spiritual workshop, as a spiritual teacher in response to that call. Um,
0: and this photo actually is also the photo I first saw of. <laughs> my beloved swami pramadaya it's <laughs> underneath the title actually of the first workshop i didn't go to the first workshop but it was the same title as we discussed uh, in our previous episode everyone knows everything but please go ahead you were there <laughs> yeah
1: so so i was part of so i i was in attendance at that first all day workshop the first event that swami pramadaya ever put on as a um, spiritual teacher but i think we should go even a little further back um, you know, so like you mentioned, Swami Pramodaya has had 30, 40 years of working with uh, people in psychology. But more than that, he he is a spiritual practitioner. If I had to say who is Swami pramodaya I would say he's a spiritual practitioner. He's been a very serious uh, uh, practitioner of a spiritual path with his beloved guru Osho um, for 40 years now. And so when somebody says who's Swami Pramadaya, the, the first thing that I'm aware of is that he's a practitioner on the spiritual path. And his his practice was is so so serious um, that he just completely fell in love with the guru. And we'll get more into that later because you know, if, if I had to describe Swami Pramada, you know, <laughs> I'd use the term that, that he has uh, uh, stated, which is he's a devotee. He's a devotee of Osho. And some people, you know, different traditions use different terms uh, in different ways. Some people mean when they say devotee, they mean disciple. Like some people are devotees of uh, Adida um, or a- any of the gurus. Um, and what... Swami Premadaya refers to is is there are spiritual seekers or you know people who come as students, um, and then there are formally initiated disciples, and then a disciple all the way to the end of discipleship becomes a devotee, completely lost in, in love, completely lost and completely taken over. I don't want to say lost because it's very positive. Completely taken over by the divine. Completely I, you know, their love and practice. Of devotion has so taken over their life that they live in the master they live in the divine
0: yeah i heard swamiji um call a devotee also a fully cooked disciple (laughs) i like that one
1: (laughs) yeah so that's somebody who's in a completely doubt-free position who is god-centered and and living their spiritual path Completely, so that would be Swami Pramadaya to me. Um, so before he's a, ever a spiritual teacher, and in fact, I've never heard Swamiji make any claims or any, it's usually us disciples who who uh, uh tell the guru everything we we tend to see, we tend to project it out there, we're good or bad. <laughs> yes but the only thing i have heard swami Premadaya say are two things uh which is that i am a devotee of osho i i know who my master is i'm a devotee of osho uh, and that he's god centered um that's truly his his what he has said about himself and i can say that that pra- so i want what i want to share is how swami Premadaya got the call uh to make himself available to people spiritually so he got a call to become a spiritual teacher, um, he calls it. He he states it. It's a command. He got a very clear. I said call, but he got a very clear command. And I I I, I want to use his words because he he has made so clear. And if you know Swami Premada at all, you know that he is never. He, he's just not the type to want to be a spiritual teacher. He he has made, said very clearly. <laughs> The last thing I ever considered, the last thing I would ever think about is being a spiritual teacher or starting a spiritual center. And so when he got the command, the, the, the command to make himself available to people spiritually, he's like, as he describes, he's like, me, I'm not so sure about that. But he kept getting confirmation. Um, the story he tells is that people often came up to him on the street and said, I don't know why, but I really feel like you can help me and what he really noticed is that in working with people in psychology that the work had changed and that it was no longer therapy it was it was way more advanced it became very clear that he was working with people spiritually so he agreed to start the spiritual center and what he come he came to find out later is the the fact that he never wanted to be a spiritual teacher would never want to be a spiritual teacher, never had any interest in a spiritual center. Those are the very qualifications that made him right to be a guru because there's no ego in it. If you have the desire to be a guru, if you want to be a guru, from my position, first, you don't understand what a guru is because it's an incredible responsibility. But second, it's, it's... too much ego. So that disqualifies you from, from the call of the tremendous responsibility of guru. So little did he know <laughs> that not wanting to be a spiritual teacher absolutely qualified him to be a spiritual teacher. And so when he, like you said, when he agreed to, 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 He's like, I'll do this. I'll make myself available to people. And we'll, we'll see. We'll see about this. I'm not, I'm not so sure. I'm skeptical. This is kind of how my interpretation of it is. And uh, we'll see who shows up. And so he started the International Centers of Design Awakening, also known as ICOTA, in 2004. And then the first event was October 2nd of that year. And I was at that October 2nd, 2004. So here comes this this uh, <laughs> person, me, <laughs> as like, hey, yeah, you're definitely a spiritual teacher uh, and you're my spiritual teacher. Like, this is definitely right and this is definitely for me and... I, I'm here to, con- you know, I, I didn't know it, but the, I was absolutely. No, there was also a whole group. It was a it was a successful event. I don't I remember the numbers if it was 20 people or whatever it was, but there's a, a whole group there. And uh, myself and some other people from that first all day workshop. Uh, shout out to Thea. <laughs> are still with swamiji to this day so that was 2004 you know it's it's we're in december of 2023 so we we have started our 20th year this is the most exciting year yet if you ask me uh, i mean icoda has so many incredible programs and offerings like it, it's so fun to actually like experience that i've now been with guruji for starting on my 20th year it's 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 incredible
0: yeah, and I remember Gurudev talking about it, about that first moment that actually for him to have actually people show up was already a big surprise and somewhat of a confirmation. Okay, this seems to be real. And then also when he sat down, he hadn't prepared anything like a guru doesn't prepare things. He just sits down. He starts to talk and then went he himself heard what came out of his mouth that was enough confirmation that okay this is real there is this is definitely happening uh i'm a spiritual teacher and then it still took some time before then uh after a couple of years the the calling came then uh to also be a guru and to also have disciples is there something you can say about that because you were also the first disciple
1: yeah it's a, it's a wild experience um and, and i forget this i forget this all the time i forget like everybody does so it's nothing nothing to be uh, I, I don't criticize myself at all but we all forget that our experience are what we know uh, what we see what what's clear to us that's not somebody else's experience one of uh, swamiji's teachings it's such a powerful teaching it's it's like a, a zen cone that you can f- go into again and again and again is everything that has ever happened has happened only to you i mean that is is such a profound simple teaching that you can literally go into Again and again and again and again, and it has riches. So, but we forget that our our experience is not someone else's. So I I forget that other people don't have my experience. And in in there's a lot of ways that that my particular path has been unique, just like everybody else. It's one of my favorite quotes. I actually don't know the source of it, but I love the quote: "You are unique, just like everybody else." (laughs) And. So in 2004, there's Satsang with Swami Primadaya, which basically means gathering in truth. There's these all day workshops. Um, and Satsang's an age old tradition, and, and our beloved Guruji uh, follows the Question and answer, so it's a question with the master. So you can, and at this time, it's questions with spiritual teacher Swami Pramadaya. Uh, so you could bring your questions, and there's just this beautiful environment of of truth just being supported, and there's this community and sangha being created that is is also just driving people uh, opening, and Swamiji is. Absolutely. Each time it's like an empty chair, you know, it's, you go. And as soon as he walks in and sit down, the transmission is powerful. And then there's no, like, it's like an empty chair and it's just a response. And this response function is responding and people are bringing important, meaningful, spiritual questions, life questions. Is God real? All of these these spiritual questions that everybody has. Everybody wants to know the answer to these questions.
0: With the empty chair, uh, maybe for people who are not familiar with the phrase empty chair, you mean that the presence of the guru, it's only the guru, there's no person?
1: Exactly. Yes, it's a good, good clarifier because... You would go to these events, and there, you know, it's like you know satsang with Swami Premadaya. It's like gathering and true. You're not, really, and you could just feel the 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 presence of of something more bigger, uh, divine, mm-hmm. the power, and you you could experience when Swami Premadaya would come in and sit down. It just there's there is like there's no person there, and there was just this this function of response, mm-hmm. and that's what's going on at these events. And it's just... I showed up as a disciple. That's what Swami Pramadaya has confirmed, but that's also what my heart knew. I didn't know that. I didn't know what that meant. I was already like spiritual teacher. That's far out. But I showed up and I knew that this was my guru. And I just didn't have that language. But here, here at these events and all this happening and Swami Premadaya is absolutely making himself available to people spiritually. He's doing public events. He's doing workshops. He even did and does one-to-one sessions. It's like everything he knows in every way. And he, you know, he had a, a long history of being able to set up programs. So he set up spiritual programs, um, but really these, these events were so rich. And people were getting so much and they just wanted more and more. And Swamiji and I had a one-to-one session with him and the session had ended and we were done. And so he said, you know, I I just want to bring something up to you. I want to, you know, I don't think he said, I want to get your opinion, but it was along those lines. I want to get your take on it, see what you think about it, something along those lines and he man it was this is one of the most powerful moments of my entire life and certainly my spiritual path and he looked at me and <laughs> he said the i'm getting clear indication clear message the universe is telling me that i have to formally take on disciples and i want to see what you think about that and i looked at him and my heart was blasted open from being, you know, with him in this session. And I looked at him and without hesitation, I said, I feel like you're my sat guru. Sat means, you know, root or true, your true guru. I feel like you're my sat guru, but you're not willing to be. And I immediately, I immediately felt like, what did I just say? Oh my God. So I immediately a- a apologized. So I was like, I- I'm sorry. And he's like, and he, I'll never forget. He said, no, no, it's it's good for me to hear. And very soon after that, he took uh, formally initiated disciples. <laughs> so discipleship, formal discipleship began in 2006. And I'll just add one more story because he, I wasn't there for this, but he shared this story with me personally and publicly prior to that conversation I had with him, he was close with another spiritual seeker. They, they were friends. Um, and he, uh, Matty D, uh, he told Matty D, he was talking to him and he said, you know, the universe is basically telling me, indicating to me to take formally initiated disciples. And Matty D just looked at him and said one word and only one word. He just went kinky. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. No, like, uh, no, no, just like wow, that's, that's kooky, man. <laughs> like, like, all right. <laughs> and so, uh, the first, uh, initiation, uh, was January 30th, 2006. So from October, so Swami Premadaya was a very short spiritual teacher, even though you could, you could say he's a spiritual teacher and that's what he is. But he, um, <laughs> he, he, he was, he was, he basically says, I, I love it when he explains it. He basically says I was tricked. <laughs> I was tricked into being a spiritual teacher and there was a setup so that I could become a guru because if he had started at like, make yourself a guru, he just would have been no way, Mm. (laughs) not a chance. So it was like, yeah, make yourself a spiritual teacher. And then there was all the proof and the evidence and the confirmation along the way through people. And then it was make yourself, uh, or then, you know, it was take on formally initiated disciples. And he does tell a story where he says, but why? Why, why, why? The spiritual teachers is fine. It's enough. Why, 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 why? And he, he said he got a clear message from God that was because some people need that. Well, I was the some people. You were the some people. And the wild thing about gurus and disciples that people really, really misunderstand about gurus and disciples is that the disciple creates the guru. It wasn't the guru. It wasn't Swami Premadai. It wasn't, he wasn't like, I think I'll become a guru now. It was literally the people who were arranged at his doorstep and then who literally, I, I'm one of them. I literally said, I demanded discipleship. Can you imagine going to your spiritual teacher and saying, Well, you're not willing to be my guru? Does that sound like somebody who's looking for disciples? <laughs> what a ridiculous idea. You know, no guru actually looks for disciples. It's something, it's a calling of the heart that, that the spiritual seeker responds to with a knowing they can't possibly explain, but they can actually explain the knowing of it. Okay. I know that this call is exactly what's right for me. Um, and it's funny how the world has no problem using the word guru for like tech guru, business guru, shoe guru, clothing guru. But when it comes to spiritual teacher, whoa, 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 whoa. It's like yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, as if somebody can't be an expert and an authority in the divine. <laughs> so that heart call, that arrangement was entirely set up. So when I say Swami Pramodaya is my guru, I'm, I mean everything I just said.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah, and it's clear, it's very significant the difference between spiritual teacher and guru. A spiritual teacher has students and it's it's fine, it's great, but it's 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 a more casual relationship you might say, but like guru disciple, like wow, us as disciples, we know it's it's huge. Also, the guru, the guru is is when you talked about the empty chair, I I, I realized like yes the guru is it a fire guru bringer of light or the one who uh, who who dispels the darkness but it's 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 a fire it's a literal fire burning burning it bring fire brings light fire burns stuff away fire is uh, can be uh, felt as dangerous fire burns the ego. Um, fire it's a, it's a serious serious uh thing and it's uh, a serious engagement and i i start to understand a bit more why somebody would be like a uh, guru uh, i i don't really i don't really if if it would be an actual choice that that's wow anyone who chooses to be a guru it's uh um yeah it's 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 very wild.
1: According to our guru, you don't choose to be a guru. No. All all real gurus are commanded or appointed, mm. uh, or uh, they're recognized. They're they're mm. they're appointed by God. They're commanded by God. Mm. Um, but I, I the it's also very it's ancient that the the term fire has always been to indicate purification, mm. purification mm. of intent, purification of attitude, soul. Everything. So so that fire is the, the fire of the guru is a purifying fire. And it's a it's a serious, uh, intense undertaking. Um, and the demand is that you live as yourself. You think for yourself. You be yourself uh, and you're responsible for you. And the, the, the difference between spiritual teacher and guru is that guru is a connection, it's it's a it's a very serious heart to heart, or some might say soul to soul, connection. Um, the problem is language because that's all duality conversation. Yeah. It's all it's like you know there aren't there is no separation, and that's ultimately what you come to if you continue on on the path. And that the guru is to stand there as that fire, uh, as a reflection. Um, but the connection is very, very real. You, uh, the, the discipleship becomes an actual bonding, an actual, an actual link. That's a better word. It's an actual link um, from heart to heart. And the guru, you know, basically takes responsibility for your karma, your spiritual path, your soul's journey. And so that's a very, very serious responsibility. So it's not entered into lightly. So nobody, no ego would actually take that on if they saw the actuality, the reality of it. Mm-hmm. So the. Go ahead, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Also, different spiritual teacher, um, guru. Spiritual teacher talks about spiritual stuff, it talks about God and. Uh, a guru is god god is real Br- brings brings the it's also a, a premodayaism. um uh, uh, brings the whole enchilada it's that that that's that's what that's what the guru brings and i think a spiritual teacher it's all fine there's no there's no issue with spiritual teachers but there is a a very big, and it is important to talk about it because Pramadaya went from spiritual teacher to guru. There is a big difference, a, a guru is the doorway to the divine. So,
1: yeah, it's a good, it's a good, important point. Uh, typically, a spiritual teacher might represent a teaching or represent, um, actually, let's say it differently present, like they present. Understanding present wisdom. It's more it's more, you know, not to not to take away. We, we cherish and respect all spiritual teachers. We uh, certainly respect, admire all spiritual uh, seekers, um, even non-spiritual seekers. We, we love and appreciate everyone. But certainly we, we, we have such an appreciation for spirituality, period. So we're in no way taking anything from we're simply saying that it's two different methods. A spiritual teacher tends to present understanding or present uh, ideas where the the guru lives it, is it, transmits it. It's the very embodiment of it. So just by being in the presence of a true guru, you, you, you feel different, you feel rearranged. I'll never forget meeting uh, Amma for the first time. Swami Pramadaya, one of the first things he ever did when I was in the practitioner training program. Um, this must have been two thousand and five, two thousand six. Is he would send me to other gurus to make sure that I had a spiritual education. So that's one of the. That's another one of the uh, incredible things about Swami Pramadaya. He's so practical, and he's so. I, I really enjoy that the practical guru, but it's practical guru for for very uh, specific reasons because he is always the truth is always simple is one of his teachings. Um, and he's the practical guru because of how effective he is. And he will utilize anything that will support your spiritual path. And in my case, I was sent to uh, other teachers to get a, a other gurus to get spiritual education. I'll never forget a, one, one of the uh, incredible uh, healers in, in my life um, had said to me, how impressed she was with Swami Premadaya because of how much he sends his people to other teachers and how uncommon that that is. And that's just been the case. Um, he absolutely is for whatever works. That's what makes him the practical guru. And what works for you is not what works for someone else. So he's always worked individually. Um, the guru-disciple relationship is always a one-to-one relationship. It doesn't matter how many disciples there are. It's always between you and the guru. So this is all from Premadai and why he's so practical.
0: Yeah, and the, the, there are so many examples. Like uh, all all of us disciples have many examples, but I, I, I would love to share uh, two. Um, one, it, it just came to me when you were talking. One is I was in the center when there was a physical center and i was cooking something and i left a dirty spoon on the counter and Pramadaya saw it and he he just he just said one phrase i i it had something to do with the spoon like never leave a dirty spoon just there put it on something or just take a napkin or something it may sound like nothing but that one thing influenced influenced me up until now like i i it it gave me more awareness about just very simple day-to-day tasks especially in the kitchen i will be very it and it makes life so much easier but it's it's not only about my my practical life it cleans out also um, my 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 mental life i don't leave dirty stuff around in my head either i make sure everything is clean in the right place of course there's always uh, a, a progress to be made but um i noticed how untidy i used to be with or unaware i was with many things that's one thing where the practicality just had such a huge effect on my day-to-day life, but also uh, not. It, it's not only day-to-day practical. It starts with the day-to-day, but it has such a huge impact on... Um, on everything, like literally on everything, and one other thing, and probably in the future we will have other podcasts about parenting. I'm a parent; I have two wonderful sons. Um, um, they're both also uh, disciples of Swami Pramadai. When when our second one um, was very different from the first one which is very common.
1: So so hold your thought because yes. I, I, w- I want you to tell that. But I also have to say they're disciples of Swami Pramadaya because they asked for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was yeah. something,
1: you know, because some people, you know, when they hear, oh, disciples of Swami Pramadaya, it was never brought up. It was, oh. you know, th- I know this from relating with you so much and from yeah. knowing you for so many years because I'm so floored by those two boys because they separately, not, not together, at, 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 separately. Asked yeah. for, identified, said, Swami Premnath is my guru and asked for discipleship. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. That blows me away that, that 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 heart call can happen for a child. And we've seen it happen many times. And, you know, in, in India, this isn't a big surprise. But in, in Western culture, in America, in Europe, it's, it's, it's shocking. It's like, oh, my goodness. Wow. And you just can't believe it. Yeah. Anyway, and, I, I interrupted.
0: And, and we literally we we didn't do anything just uh, uh shamari and i uh we disciples and yeah we 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 live our discipleship and and we never even goaded them into any direction they just uh all of a sudden we were we were shocked ourselves it was like uh okay fine um <laughs> It, and it is all fine, but then the second, I, no, it's not fine. It's great. It's wonderful. It's awesome. Well, it's it's
1: also it's theirs. Like it's part theirs. of the part of the yeah. guru disciple relationship is you know you have to recognize it and you ask for it, and then it, there's also another part that everybody forgets. You also have to receive it. It's mm. it's it's a it's a before that connection with the guru is made, it's recognized, requested and responded to so the things that set all that up so that it can be uh, a divine connection is is <laughs> out of this world but, yeah
0: uh, and it's and it's also our culture our society our conditioning says like ah, oh, children uh, don't don't have a mind of their own they can't decide and everything they do is influenced, and um it's impossible but no as a parent i that's also one of the things i i i live by um whatever age a child is a child is a again a unique person with its own uh unique needs wants, and knowings also so even even a three year old asking for discipleship it's to be taken seriously it there's there's nothing strange about it as much. Uh, the culture wants us to believe that these things are not possible. Well, the culture wants us to believe discipleship is a hoax. Well, so.
1: this is why it'll be good to do a conscious parenting or, or a yeah, parenting yeah, 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 yeah. episode because Swamiji has identified both you and Shamari as, as mm. incredible parents. And one of the things that makes you incredible parents that the the uh, most people don't get is you don't actually see your children as objects that you own. <laughs> you actually are able to clearly see and identify that they are their own being and your job is to support that rather than to condition it into what you want and so far that that uh incredibly open mindful uh aware parenting has included them being very much there because they're very different And very much themselves, they're they're two of the most incredible boys that I you know children I've ever met. Um, They're very very strong in their uniqueness and their development as individuals, and it's been beautiful to watch them unfold. And it happens that they both uh, recognize like to, to to live as a as an actual spiritual family as a sangha within a family again it's not that unusual throughout the history of time if you look at other places but it's certainly wildly unique in our time and it's so fun to experience so you were saying about the two boys and
0: yeah well that is actually one thing um, Pramadaya was tremendously helpful with because uh first child okay he is like this. And then a second child comes. All of a sudden, this child is completely different. I I thought I knew everything about children, having a first one. But then the second one, I did not understand a thing. And the only thing Pramodaya said, because I thought at a certain moment that there was something seriously wrong with the second one. Just because he was so different. And he, he did some things as a... As a very small child, I could not understand. And I saw as problematic, Pramadaya just calmly said like, look, there's nothing wrong. You just have two children. They're both from a different planet. There's nothing wrong with the second one, nothing at all. And just this one practical advice changed everything for me. It, it, it made me shed. Well, it, I didn't do anything. Everything dropped, all the nonsense ideas I had of like, ah, should I, should I uh, go to see a child psychiatrist with this one? It all just simply dropped away. And you know what? They are indeed from two different planets and two wonderful different planets, but two different planets and there's nothing wrong. So that is uh, another amazing example how uh Primedia, through his practicality totally changed changed my life for the better because if he would not have said that and i would have gone along with what i thought was the the way to go uh, things would have been different and not <laughs> not, not not better
1: yeah, and that's also part of what we're talking about is the difference between a spiritual teacher and a difference yeah. between a guru. And to go back to what I was saying about Amma, when he had sent me to Amma, that was the first time. Like the the transmission of Amma was like a a, a power plant. It just was like, like it just so powerful, and it just like rearranged. And that's what. It, the different, a, a spiritual teacher saying, hey, don't, you know, a, about that spoon on the counter, there might be some wisdom, there might be some, some, something transmitted, but a guru, it's a whole different function. It's just one word, one phrase, one, because there's such a a divine connection, it just has a way of turning a key um, that is inexplicable and he's the practical guru in the sense he was also the practical spiritual teacher (laughs) the effectiveness but you know some people would show up you know saying i want god uh, but their life would be in in chaos and had no idea how they were gonna you know pay the rent or get from the next meal and his response would be well you need to get a job or some people would be you know his 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 the workings from swami pramadaya as the practical guru he is not an ivory tower guru his life has given him the experience to meet anybody wherever they are uh whether it's suffering or or in turmoil or in chaos or in bliss or in joy he just meets every anyone wherever they are and part of the practicality is is how often he would you know, people would really show up with with you know, I want enlightenment, and he would say, you know, you need friends, or uh, <laughs> yeah, I want clean, more- clean up your room,
0: clean <laughs> right. up your room, yeah, get a job, yeah,
1: <laughs> more awareness, and it's like he just would say, you know, like like you already gave the example, and Swami Swami pramada has always said that the spiritual path always includes more awareness. So it has this like Mr. Miyagi karate karate kid effect of you, you're you thinking, I gotta learn karate. And he's saying, well, well, why don't you stand the floor? And then you stand the floor and now you have more awareness or now you're living entirely differently. I mean, I, I've seen something as simple as as, you know, no longer be clumsy. You know, you you you. Everywhere you go is is a certain kind of or accident prone. So make all of your focus your spiritual life is about stopping being accident prone and just living that awareness. Has it's like that's how the spiritual path starts. It's like these what what's often been referred to as getting to normal. You have to get to normal in these aspects of life so that you can devote your life to something more, something bigger, something further, higher consciousness. It's it's basically impossible to grow spiritually higher consciousness when there's an environment of chaos, because that's your distraction. You are what you're focused on. Swami Pramodaya says, so if you're constantly focused on uh, these areas of life that need to be fixed, well, you're not available for the spiritual path. So that's part of his, his practicality. Um, I, I also go ahead. I, I can see you have something to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I just wanted to say because I have a I have a sense that you want to go to Bhakti, and that's good. That's good.
1: Almost.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I also wanted to add something about the practical please. about the practicality. Yes. Um, please do. It is something we or I um never really think about as being an aspect of the practicality, but icoda having so much online presence and the possibility to log into Satsang online, log into all the events, to workshops, to uh, meet Sangha online. Everything is online. Like, And it started well before COVID, well before everyone was on Zoom. Not that it matters, but still, we, we have been online for a very long time. I'm in Belgium, I am Brussels. Uh, I spent quite some time also with the Guru in Los Angeles. And of course, it's amazing to be in the same room, to be able to touch people, to breathe the same air. Absolutely. But at the same time, having a virtual ashram or being present virtually, it's, it's the same. The the all the uh meditations Pramadaya did online uh it happens sometimes during satsang meditation starts it's it's as powerful as being in the room and that is also an amazing example of like how real the guru is e- even even just through a computer through a laptop the transmission is real. It's palpable. It's effective. It's uh, like it's it's quite mind blowing. Actually,
1: well, it's it's such a good point. I'm so glad you brought it up. Thank you. Uh, because the guru is not a person that's limited to a place and a time, and it's truly a beyond time and space. It's a beyond person to person. Relationship, It's a function of the divine itself that absolutely transmits, communicates, and it is not related at all to time and space. It's been one of the tremendous gifts of the International Centers of Divine Awakening. It's been one of the tremendous gifts of ICODA. Well, they're the same thing. <laughs> it's been one of the tremendous gifts of uh, the International Centers of Divine Awakening is the online aspect um and seeing that distance doesn't matter it it almost fix it because you in your mind you don't develop this idea that it's only this place when i'm with this person at this time so while being in person is a absolute joy and privilege and it's certainly the potency of being in person is is very rich you know, having the situation created that out of your control and, you know, ICOTA has had the online presence for so long, but Swami Premidaya doesn't do, uh, he doesn't just talk at you, let's say it positively, he he does do satsang in question and answer. So you get the guru one-to-one on, yes, it's on a device, but you get the guru right now in person live and you can ask your question and get your response. And so the, the, the transmission of that is so clear. It's so clearly not related to time and space. And that's been a, a, a tremendous gift. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to, you already stated it, but I actually was on my list. I, cause I like to make a little bit of notes to ask you, uh, what it's like. Um, the, how what the virtual element is like, but you because you can testify to it more than, than anyone because you're quote unquote far away. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I obviously I'm always looking forward, if, if possible, to be in the same room and to be around the Sangha and to be around the Guru or to be with the Guru. Um, but sure. The, I mean, it's uh, nice to be able
1: to give a spiritual high five in person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then again, at the same time, yeah, like, like I mentioned, the the transmission does not diminish me being, what is it? Uh, Two thousand miles? No, probably no. Way more. Way, way more. Way more. <laughs> yeah, it's three
1: thousand uh, miles to the east coast.
0: Okay. And, okay. So, uh, so yeah, six thousand ma- miles. The- ma- many, many thousands of miles away. <laughs> um, it's, and and it is actually uh, already already from the beginning. Because my my first years of discipleship, I was uh, I I only visited for retreats and all the other um, gatherings, uh, spiritual discourses or uh, satsangs were online in my time zone. But there are also advantages to it, like um, for instance having to get up uh, as it used to be at f- at four in the morning. Uh, sometimes it it just. Um, it also added to, it added,
1: yeah, that's the, that's the situational spiritual fire of purification because you're, you're demonstrating to yourself Mm. because that's what matters, but you're demonstrating to yourself, Hey, my spiritual life is what matters. I don't care if I'm tired. I don't care if it's four in the morning. And those of us who are local in a local time zone that have a very convenient time, we haven't had the the blessing of that purification. I mean, this is why there are ashrams. This is why there is spiritual practice, which is wake up at four, you do your meditations or you do your your yoga um, right. and that you practice, you know, it's like everything's regimented and it's regimented to, to focus on the spiritual and to have an actual situation where you're, waking up at four in the morning, you're demonstrating to yourself, Hey, my spiritual life really matters. And I take my practice seriously. So that's one of the benefits of, of the time frame. but I, I just can't believe what we've been able to offer online. It just blows me away. We've done full online retreats. We've, you know, all of the offerings at Icota are online. Um, we hope to do uh we, we have plans to do in-person events in 2024, but even when we do in-person events, we still have the online element. And the thing that I like about our online element is it's still interactive. It's not just something you tune into and watch, you still participate fully, uh, you're just online. And that's that's been the case since the very beginning. And we've been one of the very few people who have always set it up that way. We've created entire broadcasting platforms so that it's completely interactive um regardless if you're in the room or not
0: mm. yeah and it's it's also just wonderful to have this uh o- o- worldwide online community i i remember one time we had um during one satsang uh there was attendance from um india from senegal from italy from belgium uh us and maybe also mexico in one uh, during one event <laughs> that was quite amazing yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's lovely. I do want to talk a little more about, um, just like you said, we want to talk about what is Bhakti. You know, it's the Bhakti Talk podcast. I mean, sure, we should tell the ridiculous story of how we came up with Bhakti Talk podcast. Um, <laughs> as an assistant prop master, I've worked on a number of uh, movies and television shows. And in my last years, um, I worked on the show Physical you know, the the 1980s television show on Apple TV. And I did not know how ingrained uh, (laughs) that song is in my mind. And so I was really thinking about a podcast. I was thinking about you and I was sitting down to do my meditation. And I kept, even though that song is clearly in my mind, I kept thinking, I want to hear your Bhakti talk. I want to hear your bhakti talk. Let me hear your bhakti talk. And I was like, what? Why? Like, where, where is it? And it's like, I had to go and listen. I actually, before I did meditation, I came out to, to from my meditation room to my computer and I put in physical. And then I heard that whole, that whole section. <laughs> let me hear your body. So let me hear your bhakti talk. I want to hear your bhakti talk. Let's get spiritual. So that's where Bhakti Talk podcast came from. So we have to talk about Bhakti. Bhakti is a type. It, it is a it is a path. Um, and before we get into that path, I wondered, uh, would you like to read from? Let's see. We'll, we'll we'll just start. If you'll just start reading it, I, I sent you a PDF. This is a handout from Swami Pramadaya because many people have asked one of the first questions that pretty much everybody asks is well what what was your spiritual practice what was your path how did you gain insight or so you know somebody might say you know what what gave you enlightenment or which he's never claimed to be enlightened and um <laughs> it's always very funny what you know first of all you have to define enlightenment people have all kinds of ideas around all that kind of stuff but certainly people ask You could say, well, what what qualifies you as a guru? What's your practice? How did you Mm. get insight? How how did you get there is kind of the question. So Swami Premadaya wrote this beautiful article and uh, Mm. gave it to us at at an event. And it is titled, How I Got From There to Here. Love did it, which means guru's grace. By Bodhisattva Sri Swami Pramadaya. So will you read from this and we'll see yeah. if we read the whole thing or if we um sure at least go through part of it.
0: Sure. I loved my guru. That's it. That's the whole story. But I really loved my guru all the way. From the first moment, I always knew and always know, and will always know, who my master is. It's such an important statement, so pivotal, that I would like to say it to you again. I know who my master is. Because I recognized and understood that knowing, for sure, who one's master is, constitutes the biggest thing that can ever happen A human being. My love and trust and faith and regard for him were appropriately immense, immeasurable, unwavering, and beyond questioning. And what do you do when you're wildly in love? You think about the one you love all the time. Because I was so in love with my guru, I thought about him all the time this became always focused on my beloved guru always aware of the guru always practicing guru focus simply a lover never tiring of contemplating his beloved without my seeking it or intending it this established permanent, permanently eternally the doubt-free condition I enjoy and would like you to enjoy with all its benefits and blessings. Buddhism refers to taking refuge, but that sounds a bit childish to me, too much like running behind your mother's skirts. I don't experience it as refuge, as sanctuary. I experience it as the only real, solid ground possible for us humans. I'm not using my master to avoid anything, and I'm not using my discipleship to dodge life's blows. I'm standing on it as the bedrock it is, ready to accept all that life brings, which we all have to do anyway, as life will bring it, whether we accept it or not. So, what happened to me next in this sequence? Absolute obedience to my beloved master became gloriously established in me. This is the first true taste of freedom when you are no longer the slave of your own ego, your own willfulness, your own limited mind. As a result, the all the time guru consciousness. Firmed up even more and became constant, permanent, ever present, moment to moment, involuntary Guru consciousness. In other words, there's never a single second where it's not going on. In every moment, I'm aware of my beloved Master. It's just impossible for it to be any other way for me. It's not my doing, of course. Obviously, love did it. Love is doing it. At some point, things transformed and my guru consciousness turned into permanent, involuntary, ceaseless God consciousness. Guru consciousness just expanded to include God consciousness. This occurs through the joining of one, the disciples' guru consciousness, with two, guru's grace. Then, involuntary, ceaseless God consciousness blossomed into its higher form. In Christianity, it's referred to as involuntary, ceaseless inner prayer. It's that simple no methods were employed for the loving disciple the trusting disciple the truly devoted disciple the maximally devoted disciple no other method is needed no other method even comes close to the effectiveness of absolute love for the guru which is complete devotion to the guru For the devoted disciple the master is the path the guru is the gate simply falling totally into one's discipleship is the super method offered by god to all seekers guru yoga and karma yoga maximum guru love engenders complete trust absolute faith full devotion true surrender And unpretentious obedience. Every single one of the virtues of discipleship, the entire package. It's a season pass. You only pay once, but you get it all. Through love, all of the other five possibilities became actualized, maximized, optimized. It's valuable and interesting to note that any of these taken to their end point have the same effect love is merely one of the six doors it happened to be the one that worked for me recommendation find the one that works for you that's most intrinsically natural for you most truly already operating in you and if you can't use one of these six that is if for whatever reason you can't or don't become total in it, there's no problem. It simply means that you're in the vast majority and for the majority adjunct methods will be required in the meantime and must be accepted. There's no other way. It's vital, critical to understand this. So practice is essential. My practice was the involuntary and effortless higher form, the practice of love for my master. However, this would never have been possible and would never have happened if I hadn't first effortfully and diligently practiced the meditation method that my guru gave me. It was so powerful and effective that that it worked almost instantaneously. And after a few weeks of vigilant and dedicated practice, I was catapulted into many deep inner and outer realms, which typically can take decades of practice to reach. Again, the reason it worked so quickly in my case was that I already loved my guru with all my heart and soul. Therefore, it was all due to love of my master. I did absolutely nothing other than trustingly and unquestioningly and happily obey. The great secret at the heart of the guru disciple relationship is purely this. To whatever degree you love your master, to that exact degree, your master's love, divine love, can reach you. Your love. Your trust, your devotion, makes you receptive. Able to receive the Guru's grace more fully. Guru's grace flows to you in exact proportion to your ability to receive it. This is also the law of God's love. It's available to you in the precise proportion to which you are able to love. Even the Beatles said it. And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. Remember, the Beatles had a guru too, and wrote this lyric shortly after spending significant time with him in his ashram in India. Life is the opportunity for discipleship. In turn, discipleship is the opportunity for real life, the only true life the only life worth living the only life that fulfills in the end for the devotee when i look back it's easy to see how from beginning to end it was all wrought by guru's grace all of it the devotee is not prey to the ego deception that plagued the disciple and which lead him or her to suddenly believe that they did it it can be anything the disciple is in the position of still floundering in ignorance struggling the devotee has recognized acknowledged and accepted their ignorance and therein transcended it don't misunderstand the devotee remains ignorant but now Has access to the divine wisdom which arrives when ignorance is transcended. One remains ignorant, but one is no longer ignorant of God, of the nature of the mystery itself. One has found the door and entered the temple. And once inside, abiding there becomes possible, becomes easy. One is happy. And content to never leave one simply becomes a temple dweller in the end the method becomes irrelevant it was just a door just a way in the door is only significant as an entry point once inside the door has no further relevance all the wonders inside the temple are available to you but obviously Before the door is actually located and fully utilized, how to get in is all important. The door is the only thing that matters. Discipleship is discovering the temple. Deeper discipleship is finding the door. The deepest discipleship and the final, fully ripened fruits of practice, sadhana, is entering through that door crossing the threshold. Devoteeship is being inside the temple. Once inside, you will never want to leave. Leaving becomes impossible, simply because it's undesirable. When you've come home at last, you lose all craving to wander. It's not that you're a prisoner and can't leave. It's just that you know there's no better place you can be. The devotee is turtle like. He or she never leaves home wherever they may go. Hmm. Oh, show. Oh, show. Yeah. So that- that's we're, we're, Swami
1: Pramadaya talking yeah. about Osho. His, yeah. uh, he's a, so who is Swami Pramadaya? He is a bhakta. He hmm. is a devotee of Osho.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I wanted to say w- w- what else to add <laughs> about Bhakti. This is this is clearly this is a devotee speaking. This is our, our guru's love, our guru's devotion for his beloved guru, also. Actually, once again, also our uh, beloved uh, Guru Osho, um... who
1: it's it's just as is beautifully represented here without Osho's grace. None of this is possible mm-hmm. without without Osho's grace. There is no Swami Premadaya. Mm-hmm. By the way, Swami Premadaya is a. Uh, his Osho Sanyas name and it means the rise of love. Mm-hmm. So without this this place, this rise of love, there's no Swami Pramadaya. Without Swami Pramadaya, there's no international centers of divine awakening. Without Swami Pramadaya, there is no discipleship uh, uh for myself. Without discipleship with Swami Pramadaya, I would never have discipleship with Osho. Without Osho, never met Swami. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one hundred percent you can. He says, all is Guru's grace, Osho. And the same can be said for me. All is my Guru's grace, Swami Premadaya, But all of that comes from Osho. All of this, anything at Icoda, any any effect that Swami Premadaya has ever had on anyone's life has all come from Osho. So Osho. Osho. <laughs> right? There, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's maybe good to also add um, it's when you talk about bhakti, the bhakti path there's also the love path there's also the wisdom path and, yeah, th- th-
1: yeah we should we should say outright that bhakti and and just translate that 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 is basically love or devotion. It is the devotional path, and part of the practicality of Swami pramed's guruship is exactly what you're saying. he's so practical that he's taken all spiritual paths. And they basically can be categorized in two paths. And then please continue to share what those are.
0: Those are the, the Bhakti Path, the Love Path, and the Wisdom Path. And they seep into each other. But uh, Brabadaya has stressed, like, the Love Path, you'll end up in the Wisdom Path. Um, all these paths, uh, 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 when they uh, uh, finally reach the ocean, it's the same they also it's, bhakti is so all encompassing you could also say wisdom is also all encompassing but uh, i you you and i are uh, lovers of of bhakti uh,
1: yeah we, we enjoy the devotional path yes. the path of, of devotion <clears throat> like you're saying these paths intersect and and they they include but teachers gurus tend to Teach one path. I mean, there's always aspects of either path, but quite, quite typically, they, they can be um, categorized in either the knowledge or wisdom path or either in the love and devotion path. And our guru teaches both. And they intersect, and they it's sometimes it's more knowledge, sometimes it's more people uh, you know think they're heart people and they're knowledge people, and people think they're knowledge people who are heart people and part of the practicality of Swami Pramadaya's guruship is seeing and understanding what is your specific path, and he happens to teach both, and he also says that no matter what if you continue all the way down the spiritual path, you'll always end up in bhakti. Knowledge taking all the way, wisdom at its end point ends up in the devotional path. Um,
0: yeah. Also, um, f- for myself, an easy way to see it is like um, wisdom. Wisdom is more focused on on um, on meditation, meditation and teaching. And bhakti is more focused on love, on singing, on dancing. And also interesting when we were researching uh, bhakti, what does the word actually mean? Uh, One of the meanings is also sharing. Um, And that is also what we do with the Bhakti Talk podcast. It's like sharing our love. And when I think about bhakti, there are many, many um, examples uh, of of bhaktas um, in, in the world um but i also i always when i think of bhakti i think of gopis the uh, the milkmaids uh, dancing around krishna uh, totally in love forgetting about their what was it cows i guess cows or goats they were well, uh, <laughs> I, I
1: certainly can't think of bhakti without thinking of bhakti vedanta and swami Prabhupada, you yeah. know jai jai to the yeah. to the krishnas who yeah. literally, you know, made life singing? Don't worry, be happy. Chant and uh, chant and celebrate. So, yeah. you know, bhakti is certainly a, the love path, the devotion path. It's the path of celebration. So, Osho is absolutely a, a guru of bhakti because his his whole teaching could be summarized in one small phrase, which is celebrate everything. Um, I have a few notes that I that I enjoy looking at, and you know I have Guru give or sorry God. There's Guru Bhakti Yoga, so it's it's yoga means union, Bhakti means devotion, so it's the it's devotion devoting. You know in in Hinduism that would be deity worship, um, but I like you know God gives you a source of devotion so that you can ultimately worship the universal, which is what you are. It's the path to your very own self, singing and dancing. Are expressions of the bhakti path. Um, that's where kirtan comes from. That's where bhajans come from. Um, there's famous bhaktas that we love. Of course, our own guru, we already said Osho, we already said Prabhupada, but Ramdas, um, St. Francis, uh, Swami Satchitananda. Uh, Kabir, Hafiz, uh, there's all these incredible demonstrations of bhakti. But one of the ones for us Westerners <clears throat> that I thoroughly was so moved by because I had never thought about it this way until Swami Pramidaya had pointed it out, but it was really just so humbling and I, I just feel it in my very heart uh, that Martin Luther King Jr. is uh, lived the, pack, the, the path of bhakti. You know, his guru was Jesus Christ, and he lived that devotional path to the very end point where even his own life didn't matter. And uh, Martin Luther King Jr. is one of the people who Swami Pramadaya reveres the most. And part of being a devotee, part of being a bhakta that Swami Premadaya is, his reverence for teachers, gurus, Practitioners, spiritual seekers, is so moving and so humbling that it moves you closer to love itself. He is the rise of love. His love itself, his devotion, his sincere admiration for those uh, who can who who are pioneers for the spiritual path, who have literally changed the world, who continue to carry the light of spirituality. To this day, um, that rise of love is that reverence is so powerful that it's transformed me over and over again. And obviously, I love Martin Luther King, uh, but to see that his his he's a bhakta, he practiced the bhakti path. It just changed. It made it made his entire life that much richer uh, for me. And that again, I'm forget I'm forever grateful to Swami Pramodaya for
0: yeah basically any guru what what strikes me about bhakti is something I, I i never uh thought about actually but how how bhakti taken to its um logical endpoint? it's 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 surrender it's um it's self-forgetting it's it's in the case of martin luther king laying down your life literally um giving away your life it's this this humbling and self forgetting self negating mm-hmm. um because th- that is what ultimate devotion and ultimate love also does it's, it it it's not about you it's not about you it's it's about the beloved and that is also in the, the the handout I read from Pramadaya it's 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 only Osho. Pramadaya yeah, lives in Osho.
1: And it's it's negating in the egoic sense. It's it's you're you're talking about getting rid of that which doesn't serve you in a selfless manner, moving through life in such a selfless way that it includes the entire uh divine, the entire cosmic that that God itself is the the function of your life is the is the, is how you're moving rather than your limited <laughs> arrogance and ego. So that uh, you know, <laughs> ego isn't a problem uh, unless it's uh, running the show, and for pretty much all of us, it is, and that's where we start. And so, until you can actually choose for yourself instead of your impulse and conditioning that's the negating you're referring to i just wanted to be yeah, clear. yeah 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 cuz it's, it's it's negating what what doesn't serve you to allow for what is service of the all
0: it's it's the most positive urge to disappear to re, to, to to come out the other end <laughs> to come out in the in in the in the guru uh, the so what
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things we do have uh, we, we pulled is that bhakti is the way of devotion. Um, the root meaning is to share. Uh, it's singing and dancing are natural expressions of joy, uh, of life bursting forward. Um, bhakti says yes to life. Uh, <clears throat> Bhakti's it's creativity, it's the highest creativity, it's song and dance, it's poem, um, but that's the simple form is that it's love. It's the love path, it's the devotional path. And the amazing part about bhakti is taken all the way, it's fully imbibed, taken in, you know, celebrated all the way. All the wisdom and knowledge you need is readily available. Mm. Just like knowledge path, you go all the way on knowledge, you end up in devotion. Um, you end up in in the love path. I mean, part of the part of Guruji's practical uh, advice or is to practice bhakti because you're going to end up there anyway, even though even if you're a knowledge person is still you're going to end up on the bhakti path. So why not <laughs> practice? Um,
0: yeah, and, and also life is other people.
1: One of Swamiji's essential teachings. Um, I, I've always loved the fact that You know, we don't have a dogma. We don't have a a volume of teachings that's here, memorize this, and that's the way. But Swamiji does have essential understanding that serve the spiritual path. And life is other people is one of those essential teachings, Hmm. essential understandings.
0: Hmm. Love rising. Love rising. <laughs> I mean, how
1: incredible is that? How incredible is that? I actually have Swamiji um, made these beautiful copies of his initiation uh, acceptance letter that had his name on it. <clears throat> and I have framed it in gold <laughs> and, <laughs> and put it on the wall. And you just see, uh, you know, Premadaya love rising and how incredible is the accuracy of a spiritual name for uh, a disciple. In fact, we should we should do a whole podcast on, on spiritual names because you have a spiritual name, I have a spiritual name, and I sure would love to talk about it.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely.
1: But Swami I Love Rising, of course he's a, a bhakta. It's, it's in his name. <laughs> I yeah. never thought about it that way. Um, And the beautiful part of our guru is that he does teach both paths at the same time. That's part of why he's so practical is because he can tap into whatever is effective for whoever shows up. Um, Mm. That's, that's not all teachers. We forget that back to the earlier conversation. We, we forget that, that our path is ours and you know, it's, it's unique. And, and, you know, just like everybody, we tend to take for granted whatever our situation is. And we're very lucky to have a guru who, truly teaches wisdom and knowledge and truly transmits and teaches bhakti and you and I just happen to celebrate in I mean you're you're you have we don't we don't really talk about this but you have studied kirtan you play the harmonium I've studied uh, classical Indian music I play the tabla uh, you're a performance artist I'm a painter I mean so for us expression and creativity and dance and laughter um that is that has been the the great joy of our our spiritual practice. <laughs>
0: yep, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We we tend to forget this. Other people are much more uh, um, cerebral or mind oriented, and that's their practice. You and I are just like we want to sit around and have a laugh and and, <laughs> and true and celebrate the devotional aspects the worshipful aspects i love worship worship in, 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 in to this day uh, thinking all the way back any any ceremonial and worshipful practice that's the bhakti path that's the the yeah. the worship the natural worshipful quality of my personality it turns out with understanding through guru's grace and through guru's wisdom and wit and in fact he's the one that pointed out that i was naturally worshipful it took me so long to get that i'm still getting it that's the power of a guru is there something they've planted you know 20 years ago is still unfolding for the rest of your life uh, it continues to give riches for the rest of your life that's the the power of a guru and that worship that worshipfulness that that allure for me that draw to uh, worship is um bhakti It's why I love service so much. That's why I love selfless service. That's why it's seva, as it's referred to, is because it's work as worship. It's the bhakti path in action. Serving somebody else, serving a guru, serving someone's spiritual path is bhakti in action. There's guru bhakti yoga. There's seva. All of these are, are terms for practicing what we're talking about. So this is the bhakti path.
0: Yeah. 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 Thank you for that clarification about Seva. Indeed. Indeed. It is also a way to um, disappear in the most uh, positive sense. And yeah. Yeah. But that's also a good theme.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I would, that would be my, I could talk about that again and again and uh, I would love, I'm more than happy. Service has been, Devotion has been Swami Premidaya, we, as we just read, as he just explained, that loving his guru. But service has been my path. Mm. It's, it's, it's been the pri- primary sadhana. The primary practice of my spiritual path has been mm. service. So I could, I could talk about service endlessly. I love it. So it's work as worship. And one of the taglines that Swami Pramadaya came up with for Icoda that I love, it's very simple. It's your path, our mission. So that's part of the beauty of, of Guruji and part of the, having the practical guru and, and part of him not having a dogmatic uh, uh, teaching is it really is individual. He's often said, I don't speak to groups. I speak to individuals in groups. That's another one of the amazing, in, inexplicable. It can't be uh, understood truly. It can be understood as it's Described, but it can't be understood as in the function of it that he always is speaking to individuals in groups. In other words, whoever's there, however many people, they're hearing whatever they're hearing, and that is what serves their path wherever they're at at that time. And it's just part of the beautiful um, witnessing the function of a guru. It's also uh, why we created this podcast uh, as another place to celebrate the sacred. Um, to honor the divine yep. and to support spiritual seekers and let you know that you're not only you're not alone, but we're right there with you and cheering you're on. We, we <laughs> <absolutely>. <laughs> and,
0: that it, and that it is actually a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. There's many aspects of the spiritual path that are arduous and difficult and oftentimes painful. Yep. And you feel like, man, I don't think I can keep going. And then you keep going. Uh, Swamiji Ji has often said that the the spiritual path is all about persistence, and when you mm. keep persisting, it, it's that's why we 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 are boy are we your fan? We we just admire and honor all spiritual paths and all spiritual seekers. Mm. So, and we Absolutely. just happen to love Bhakti. So yeah. if you're a Bhakti fan, <laughs> say hello. I think that that's a good place to end for today. I have, I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed uh, talking to you as I do. I've really loved, I really love, not love, (laughs) love this platform of being able to actually see your face and laugh with you rather than talk on the phone. I so very much miss you. Um, There is uh, to be truly valuable about being together and, you know, Dining together, being together, breathing together. But I also know that you're my beloved guru brother and I am with you and you are with me always. Um, I'm grateful to speak to you, to do this podcast together. I'm very moved that we get to celebrate in our beloved guru and, Mm -hmm. and in our own individual bhakti paths. Mm -hmm. I do want to, uh, actually will you will you read the uh, basically can can you end this for us <laughs> okay okay.
0: <laughs> okay okay so this is the end the bhakti talk podcast is presented by international centers of divine awakening or icoda visit the icoda website at icoda.org for our Podcast homepage and watch on YouTube, listen on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you listen uh, to podcasts. You can also find us on all social media platforms at Bhakti Talk Podcast. New episodes come out twice a month, so be sure to give us a follow to be notified of new content. And speaking of new episodes,
1: we have a very exciting next episode. Uh, that will come out in the beginning of January with a very special guest, our beloved Shomari Dev. Shamari is an advanced disciple of Swami Premadaya. She's the administrator of Ikota Brussels, a longtime yoga teacher and spiritual practitioner, and she will be co-facilitating Ikota's January 28th Spiritual Growth Seminar locate your exhaustion i am so so excited to be with both my beloved guru brother and my beloved guru sister i can't wait for that episode so make sure you <laughs> tune in
0: see a full calendar of upcoming events including satsang with swami Pramadaya, spiritual growth seminars with advanced icoda practitioners as well as transformational programs courses free guided meditations and an incredible wealth of spiritual wisdom teachings visit i-coda.org
1: and thank you to the international centers of divine awakening i coda for hosting this podcast and thank you to you whoever's listening out there we appreciate you very much and we give gratitude to our beloved sangha and to all spiritual practitioners and an absolutely ecstatic thank you to our beloved guru swami pramadaya jai jai swami pramadaya your grace wisdom ways practices continue to unfold understanding and spiritual growth you are the practical guru jai
0: jai, jai, jai swami, swami pramadaya
1: Oh, brother, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you.